Good morning, Codders. Good morning, Mr. Hall. Yeah, good good morning. We've moved. We've moved from the afternoon yeah. slot to a morning slot. Yeah. We're mixing it up, boys. We're mixing it up. Prototyping a new format. Yeah. This morning with Talking oh, Can you imagine? Oh, I'd love to do that. Here's Fred on his weather map. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, Dave, explain why we're, we're talking about the morning. We're doing the morning, guys, because we've all got quite a bit on at the moment and we were struggling for the afternoon. Uh, Phil's got a celebratory party going on. Uh, and, and have you got, are you doing a triathlon again, Ant? Is that what you're doing today? Was that last week? Oh, that was last weekend. Yeah, I've got, I've got a few meetings. I was supposed to be doing a 26 mile walk around Yorkshire. Well, I've got shin splints, ah, but stress fractures. Yes. So Were you I'm doing the three peaks? Well, that's what I was going to be doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yorkshire, three peaks. Yorkshire. Aye, uh, over at Border. Ah, uh, oh, Lord. Uh, for our Yorkshire listener, I do apologise. <laughs> that's why we're doing a Friday morning, but it feels quite good, guys. It feels quite good. Not that we're never fresh, but it feels fresh. I'm liking the change of routine. It's good. Mix it up. Yeah, mm. always, always. Good to mix it up, innit? Yeah, it's good to mix it up. Phil, can you disclose what the uh, event is, or do you have to stay tight yeah. on this? Well, you're not meant to reveal a, a lady's age, are you, in no. a chivalrous, chivalrous. Sort of way? But yeah, so chivalrous, easy for me to say. Um, yeah, it's my wife Sophie's significant half centenary event. That's about as much as I could give away. And uh, yeah, so we've got a party this evening. Uh, which has been double booked by the useless so-and-sos at the venue. So they probably, if they were thinking of sponsoring Talking Cod, uh, we'd probably rather not have your money. Because <laughs> so, they're uh, the, 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 the forming an orderly queue to sponsor Talking <laughs> Cod. At oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Especially in this new morning format we've, we've devised. Yeah, we need, we need the older... <laughs> da, 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 da. Welcome to Talking Card in the Morning. And now over to Andy for the sports. <laughs> I'll be running. I'm doing some running this weekend over at Thills and then maybe later uh, a bit of biking. Uh, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> is that, is how that I... the impression of Andy? Is that how I sound? <laughs> I sound nothing oh. like that. I tell you. I tell you, lad. I tell you. <laughs> And you said now it's about doggy paddle either. Well, the swim, yeah. They do a doggy paddle. Swim. That, that's that. That's how they swim's like. Swim, bike, run. Swim, bike, run. Swimming over Marsden, Marsden Moor. That's what I've been swimming in, in lakes over in Marsden Moor. That's what I've been doing. I bet that's one, mate. Enough about that. Anyway, so new new format. Phil, you suggested we have a particular topic this week. What's the topic? It's a bit left field. Well, it's not left field, but it's not. I remember when we did our chat about music early on in the in the in the series or series one, season one of Talking Cod, and it was a right good natter, and I think a lot of people really liked it. You know, it was kind of, I think, gave them a sense of our like things that we loved when we were growing up, but it also sort of triggered, you know, because obviously our main audience, our, our listener, is, uh, is 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 listener profile is very similar in demographic to us. So I think, you know, the, the stuff we talked about sort of resonated quite well. So I was kind of thinking a lot of the time we approach the, the cast with 
fairly deep themes. You're not wrong, mate. We've gone, we have gone deep recently. Holy smokes. Yeah, yeah, proper, proper deep. And I thought, well, you know what? It'd be nice in our new morning format <laughs> to go lighter, a bit more, a bit more upbeat and lighter. Yeah, a bit more lighter. Yeah, we've got Rusty Lee uh, <laughs> in a moment uh, showing us how to make scones or something. So in light of that, I just thought food is just something we touch on quite a bit, you know. But actually, I think food and our relationship with food is is actually something very interesting because it does cut across so much of our lives in a, in a funny way. It could kind of... It talks. It, it triggers the sort of uh, thoughts about when you were growing up and what food, you know, the relationship with food. Then it cuts into your sort of your social time and your switching off time. You know, it also there's there's an impact of food. Obviously, we're all aware, you know, of the impact of food uh, on our environment, and I think we're all becoming a lot more aware of the choices we should make uh, in that. So, yeah, food. To talk about food. So let's let's yeah, kick this let's off. Let's talk cod. Let's talk cod. Dave, what do you have for your breakfast today? Well, actually, good point that because normally standard for me, standard is porridge every morning. Now my porridge is there, it is soaking in a pan on the hob. But because I had a bit of quite an early start this morning and quite a few calls early doors, I've just had some sour I've just had some toasted sourdough. With butter and uh, sprinkled sea salt. It's my thing. Sounds sublime. Basics, mate. Basics. Basic. A lot. A lot of the stuff that I eat these days tends to be quite basic, but that's because of my age and my body, mate. There's stuff that I can't eat what I used to eat because my body don't. My body don't like it. Don't agree to it. So, when, for food for me these days is a lot to do with two things. One eating stuff that don't make me feel like shit and two, eating things that, so when I'm training and doing stuff, fuels, put some fuel in that machine. That's what drives my, drives my food choices, basically. And it's definitely, well, it's in it. a lot of food it, isn't it? Is it's a lifestyle thing and an age thing, at the, the, you know, where I am now. So toasted sourdough bread. Yeah. Talk about keeping it simple. Toasted sourdough bread with sea salt. How simple is that? Well, it, it, what kind of world are we living in when that's but, simple? But this, but listen, <laughs> does it work with Warburton's wife? I can't eat that shit. <laughs> I can't eat it. It's evil. So this is the thing. It's horrible it, stuff. I, this, horrible. this is the thing. I love bread. I love. Sorry, actually, if Warburton's are thinking of sponsoring us, don't bother. Uh, don't we'll bother. Redact that last statement. I can't. I can't eat. Not. I love bread, but I can't eat a lot of it. It makes me feel dreadful. But whatever, whatever that composite, whatever sourdough is, whatever's in that, it's all right. It's all right for me. So it's my workaround. Yeah, you know, g- general bread and stuff like that. Just like milk, I can't go near. I could if I needed to. If we, if I came to yours and you made me a brew and you put some normal milk in, I'd be all right with it. But I have to put soya in everything else. So soya in my porridge, soya on cereal, and soya in my tea now. Oh, and right. that's not me being some sort of new age sort of like hippie type guy. It's because if I have normal milk in a large amount, oh man, it's not good, not good. It's funny how as you get older, these sort of things do affect. It's weird, isn't it? Right when you're a kid, 
There's a phase of being a kid when you're really young where you turn your nose up of everything, even though you've not had I've it. I've got one of those. Like you just yeah. summit fixes. Yeah, yeah, summit fixes. Is it beige? Like, Is it beige? No, Does it look beige? Like I'm in. <laughs> has it has it been fried? I'm in. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. And then you hit a point sort of maybe when you're in your twenties and stuff, and you sort of really start to get into food and you experiment and you open to that kind of stuff, and it doesn't affect you. And as you sort of hit 30s and 40s, things start happening that you're not really aware of that mean that you can't have this or that because you really probably, what you're saying now with, with regular bread, I, I, I have that. If I have a white bread, I can feel it just sat in my stomach and it's just like dead weight. You it takes know, ages to like, digest, uh, doesn't it? But weirdly, when we were growing up, white bread, bit of ham, that plastic ham, you know, the plastic ham that you get from the... From the from the shop, composite, you know, cheap ham. composite butties. That was it. That was that was yet composite. Yeah, yeah. But you know that was it. Yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? I met somebody at a networking event a couple of years ago now, actually, and he worked for I won't say the name of the company, but they make a lot of bread. And he said, um, "Tip for you: don't eat white bread because they bleach it with ammonia. It's actually it's bleached with piss." That puts me off white bread forever. You know, but it, but that's synonymous with a lot of processed foods now though isn't it it's it's become so processed you take the goodness out of it and replace it with crap just to make it last longer or look better and that is the thing isn't it like there's a lot of talk about ultra processed foods that we've just like accepted like because of convenience and what have you and we look at you know you, you flip the the packet of that loaf of bread and you know by the barcode it's got a list of ingredients and you go like there's 20 lines of ingredients <laughs> like how did our forefathers and our foremothers bake bread well with, with some flour and a bit of water and a bit of salt you know and, and 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 you look on any i mean i'm really conscious of it like you know you get any sort of anything that's uh, not the raw protein or the raw vegetables the basics you know you look at that packet and you they do say, you know, how do you know if you, if something's ultra processed? Well, it's 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 got a list of ingredients in it that you've not got in your store cup, cupboard, and that's like quite sobering because it's all about you know keeping us uh, addicted to convenience, addicted to that combination of unhealthy fat, um, sugar, and, and and salt. You you know, you know, there's so so many of those. I'm ranting a bit now, but you know, some of the, so many of those little sort of ready meals you might you might buy, or the things that are there for convenience. You just look at it, and it's just it's not good, you know. It's really not good. I'm ranting, so I'll stop in a minute. But I just because I cook a lot, and I always have done. I just think there's there's something. I think people have missed how easy it can be to actually cook up a meal, you know, and and just do something that tastes great and is healthy or relatively healthy, that doesn't have to have ammonia and whatever else is in there to preserve or present, you know, a product. So anyway, run, run over for me on that. What was your breakfast today, Phil? I had some granola with fruit and nuts and some blueberries and some raspberries. And an, and an iced vodka tonic. Mm. That too. With a side order of a Bloody Mary. 
<laughs> oh God, no. Now I have. I'm, I'm supping my mo- my again with this being the morning format of talking card. <laughs> I'm supping my morning brew, which is, as anyone will know me, peppermint tea. Which again is one of those things. Two reasons I have a peppermint tea. One, in the worst of my times in uh, work environments, I over relied on coffee to just caffeinate myself through the day, give me the boost in the morning that I needed to get through the day, which is not good. Um, and I realized I was doing that and, and sacked it off and replaced it with uh, a mint tea and a banana. Not, not at the same time. That's a strange combination. But the banana for the sugar hits and the mint tea for property number two or reason number two, which is it, it's really good for your stomach, really properly settles you. I feel great after I've had a couple of these in the morning. That's my morning routine now. A couple of mint teas. Ace, love it. Peppermint's supposed to be really good for reducing heartburn and, and killing acid, isn't it? So Yeah. A lot of these things that our, our predecessors knew a long time ago, what foods did what for you. We can't, we kind of lost touch with that, haven't we? We've just gone down the convenience route and actually making ourselves a lot worse than ever before. We've become ill as a consequence of the food we eat. What fascinates me, there's, there's a lot of things that fascinate me about food. And you mentioned relationship with food as well. It's interesting that food is one of those things that could, should actually bring people together, but it causes more arguments in our house than anything else. You know, what do you want for tea? When do you want your tea? You know, when did you last eat? Can you give me just a straight answer because I want to cook some tea? Well, I had pasta at dinner, so you don't want pasta for tea. And it, all right, can we have pizza? No, oh, no, I had pizza on Thursday. I'm not too sure. What about Indian? Well, yeah, I like Indian, but we had Indian last week. It's all right, okay. And Italian, yeah, oh, I'm just not in mood. You know what I mean? I'm a bit tired. So, what do you want for tea? Oh, it just goes on and on. Venezuelan? And on. I've never had it. Never had it. I'm just plucking random. <laughs> Next time you're in that situation, just rip, pick up a random country and <laughs> suggest something. I tell you what, if you Google it, you'll probably find something. Oh, so there no you doubt. No, I'm sure people in Venezuela eat. <laughs> well, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Sure <laughs> they won't have lasted this long without it, would they? Biggest consumers of Warburton's White in the world, apparently. I don't believe that. That was a made-up fact. <laughs> was it? Was it a brain thought? It just came, it just came to you. I like it. Um, we haven't put too many puns in, uh, food puns, and I feel like um, I'm letting you down at this point. So um, if we run out of time, there won't be much room for anything else. Oh, Jesus oh. Christ. What's t- cheese? Did you say Jesus yeah. Christ? Oh, dumb. What's tomato with you, Phil? <laughs> you've, you've written these down, haven't you? I mate, can see you mate. reading off a sheet of paper there's, at your desk. Adam <laughs> And, and There's been that. some thought and time put uh, into that, Phil. You know that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Very close friends of mine know that I just talk this amount of shit all the time. I don't even need to write it down. It's, it's one of my gifts, <laughs> I think. I think it is one of my gifts. No, seriously, though, because food can cause so much argument because of the abundance of choice we've got now. You know, we, we were saying just before the show that we've got so much choice. You know, we, we, we just don't even know we're born sometimes, do we? And, Dave, what did you say about, you know, if you, if you reduce 50%, what, what, was, what was that about? Well, we were talking about the volume of the choice, weren't we? And you could literally go into a supermarket and if 50% of what, what's there wasn't there, we'd still survive. You know, it, it, it's, just, it's just that all that additional choice. And, but that, I think that's what makes it difficult as well. Too much choice. But then also, 
if you're looking to make, you know, if you're looking to be be better and make better choices and understand what you're buying and what what you're consuming, it's still difficult to do because the information and the way the information is portrayed to what's in the packet is still difficult to understand. And it's also cryptic. You know, from a brand perspective, the majority of brands are really, really, really bad at the way they, they, they tell you what's what what you're actually eating. Even down to the most basic format as one being able to read it because it's too bloody small and you can't see it there. And even when you see the ingredients or you're looking or you're drilling down into like the carbs or the calories, and you might look at it and go, okay, that's not too bad because that's only 250 calories. But you realize that it's 250 calories per, you know, one fifth of a portion. It's yeah. like, it's just, it's all bullshit. It should literally, like, this is the product. This is what it is. This is its components in a decent size point size. And as in the quantity that's there, not a half bar, a quarter bar, not a third of a packet or a fifth of a, of, of a packet. I think the complexity comes into it, though, as well, when you're buying, if it's already pre-made. If you're into cooking yourself and putting things together yourself, then you're buying the basic ingredients anyway. You know exactly what's going in there. You're not having to check, you know, you know the vegetables that are in it, you know, the meat content. You know what you're doing, you know. But it's when you basically buying something that's, that's pre-prepared, which is needed sometimes. You know, people you have busy lives. But it's a choice, isn't it? It's a ch- it's a choice. And so the brand guys, as often we come to the conclusions in these podcasts, the, bad, the brand guys are the bad guys once again, aren't they? We're, we're all complicit. Kellogg's have just been criticised, haven't they? Because they got flagged for claiming that their cereals had X amount of sugar in in in, in a packet or something like that. These, and again. I'm trying to remember what it was, so apologies if this is slightly factually incorrect, but something around the content sugar, and they got flagged on it, and their response was, well, when you add milk to it, it reduces the content, the sugar content down because you're adding something else in it, so where it dilutes and stuff like that. It's like, what kind of bullshit is yeah. that? Wow. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like saying this is the product and it's got this, but only if you put this, 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 or do this and this. Only if you basically take the sugar out of it. It's like, yeah. it's bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's complete bullshit. Yeah, terrible. Advertising, and there's an element of brainwashing there, isn't there? You know, you're comparing products now compared to how products used to be. So, for example, you know, 50% less sugar. We'll just put aspartame in it then to make it taste sweeter. You yeah. know? So put something carcinogenic in there to make it taste just as sweet. Now we're going to sell it as even healthier than before, but it's worse than before. You know, so there's lots of stuff like this, and you know, so there's reduced fat. It's now only twenty five percent fat, but then they've replaced that with sugar. Yeah, and so I think it's that you know now we've reduced our salts. You know, we've reduced salts, so now we're just putting some more preservatives in there instead. A lot of it's got to be education, hasn't it? So we we're, we're of an edge now. We we actually, for reasons we've already explained, we actually need to look after ourselves the older we get. We're at, we're at a point where we, we start reading food labels and thinking, actually, that's crap. I'm not putting that crap in my body. It's, it's expensive and it's, it's processed and it's just not good for you. One of the things that I've been really interested in recently is the quality of vegetables. So it's, yeah, let's go and get some fruit and veg because we all know it's good. Eat the rainbow. It's good for your microbiome. Talk about that later rather than processed food. But the quality of food is deteriorating as well. Something like 
the stuff we get in supermarkets in particular. So if we get like mass farmed vegetables, the soil that it's grown in is so lacking in nutrients. And basically the, the growth is accelerated by chemicals. It's something like 17 times less nutrient rich than it used to be in the 50s and 60s. So you'd have to eat 17 carrots now to get the nutrients of one carrot from 30, 40 years ago. And it's bonkers just how poor quality the food is. And this is why we, we have friends and you know quite a few elderly friends who've got allotments. Yeah, nice. And they always make more than they can possibly eat. Oh, my God. Have you had fruit and veg from an allotment? Have you tasted the difference? Yeah, absolutely. A it's friend of ours just dro- dropped a load of stuff off the other day. Some like fresh tomatoes and cucumber and all that kind of stuff, and it is just you don't need to cook it, do you? You just eat yeah. it as is, yeah. and it's gorgeous. And you know that, and that's kind of what we've done for for the you know the word sort of been used. It's for convenience sake, isn't it? But and, as, and this is me ranting now. What what kind of gets me is like you'd you know another member of our family may do the food shop, and oh, we've got some tomatoes. Great, I love tomatoes from Holland. We grow tomatoes in this country, and they're really good. So why do we have to get them from Holland? Why did it have to be like wrapped in plastic, loads and loads of plastic, and then shipped across, you know, across the continent to, to land south of England, then to be transported up to the north of England when there are farms, literally I could look over the hill there, and there are farms around us that could grow equally as good quality food. So why do we do that? Why don't we just have more locally sourced stuff? We've lost sight of seasonality, haven't we? We're like, in, back in the day, we would have cooked what was seasonal right now, but then in the name of convenience, and this word keeps coming up, and it's how do you define convenience? Because, right, it's very easy to go over the road to Tesco and get asparagus when asparagus isn't in season because it's come from Mexico or wherever. But is it convenient to be buying into that where you're actually, your demand, you're creating that demand, and in doing that, you're, you're, you're allowing more air miles, more, more carbon, all those kind of things that, that come from just accepting that we can buy anything anywhere, anytime, in any season. And um, we, a couple of years ago, started, I mean, it's not a grand statement, this. It's not sort of, you know, anything. But there, there's a farm in Northwich called Groobarbs. Obviously, if Groobarbs wants to sponsor the podcast, we're more than welcome to talk to them. Um, but they do, you know, a veg box. It's all the rage, isn't it? Having a box of stuff. But a lot of those boxes of stuff is, you know, here's a load of half-processed stuff, wallet, there you go. It's 40 quid a month, what have you, and you've still got to make it. But Groobarbs, basically, they just do a, a veg box. So it's, they grow it all on the, on the farm. It's whatever's in season. Is what you get delivered, and it is—it's that same thing again. You taste the stuff, and you compare a carrot from them to a carrot from Tesco, and it's a world of difference. And it—it it probably costs us like twenty quid a box. So, and what we get a box every fortnight. So that we'd spend that easily in the supermarket buying stuff from Venezuela and Mexico and Holland, and that again, you, you not in a grand way at all. But you do become more aware of what's seasonable, so what's seasonal, sorry. And, you know, I think that's really good. You know, we've got celeriac or, what you, you, you know, it's in season. So let's do something with the thing that's in season. That's like, you know. It forces you to, to do what we should be doing, really, and eat seasonally. And 
our bodies are made up in that particular way, though, aren't they? So there are times through the year when seasonally we should be eating certain fruits and veg, which are better for us because it's, it's the right thing to do in the hot weather. And in the colder weather, we would we, eat something different. Food waste is one of these things that I, I, I'm going to swear it really pisses me off food waste. And I'm just talking like, you know, like the, the butter mountains that you used to see on TV or like these, you know, these, these warehouses were full of food and there were people starving in Ethiopia and in Africa, but we, we're just throwing food away because we can't be asked cooking it. That really, really frightened me. It just, it just I, I cannot understand that we're living in a world that does this. But even down to the micro level, like if there's food in our fridge and it's going out of date, I'm like, I've got to, I've got to do something with it. We were talking about, you know, the allotment grown stuff. When it comes in, you think, right, I've got three or four days to do something creative. It forces you to cook creatively and actually do something creative. And Phil, you're a really creative guy. You talk about, the, you know, the creative process a few times. I love this. This is me. Like, I absolutely come alive when it comes to food. I'm right. I'm going to get a load of stuff out of the fridge, put it on the side, and just look at it like it's ready, steady, cook, and go right. I've got an hour to come up with something and it's, it's like a game and I can't wait for like Nikki or the kids when they're, when they're living with us to come in and go, right, what do you think? What is this? <laughs> like, it's kind of a Italian, Mexican, Indian, Chinese, inf- <laughs> Venezuelan influenced thing. Yeah. But God, I just love doing it. Like, I love, love the finished products. I love the, you know, the creative process you go through, you know, have, I'm going to put my garlic and my onions in first and I'm going to season it with, with something else and I'm going to, I'm going to soften these veg and then I'm, oh, I just, it, it really is my, it's my version of music like that's just, I love to create stuff. Dave, you were talking before about your experience of, of making a, a meal which last year for about four years, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> it was, well, also I need to say I didn't make it. I can put stuff together, but I am not the chef in our household, you know. So Suzanne does a lot of cooking, which is cool, you know, which which is awesome and she enjoys it. But Lucky. the example we were talking about was on Monday night where she made a – we had a spaghetti bolognese, which was beautiful. But then, obviously, we there's quite a lot of bolognese left over. And on the Tuesday, that then got moved over to a chilli. So we're having a chilli on the Tuesday. There's leftover from that still – which will then probably go into some burritos. And before you know it, you've made something which isn't cost a lot of money to make because you're eating it, you know, you've got three or four meals out of it and you know what's in it. Everything we're talking about, like a lot of things we're talking about, comes back to time, doesn't it? You know, it's going, okay, I'll afford the time to do that because that's important to me. I enjoy doing it, so that's important to me. And also it what I'm eating as well is good for me and that's important to me. It all comes back to time and choices, doesn't it? Where you could you could do something else at that time or and it's it's an age thing, isn't it? It's an age thing for me. It's an age thing for me. The choices that I'm having to make or the things that I'm doing I've had to do because I don't want to feel I don't want to feel crap. So I'm having to do it. Yeah. It's not it's not like in my early 20s where it's just like, cane it, 100 mile an hour, everything, don't matter, my body and my mind's invincible. It's like, this is the cod age of the codders where it's going, well, i got to do it because I, I don't want to feel mm. like that. Yeah. I think there's this particular, our, our stage of life now, I'm beginning to realise that 
education is, is is really important and i don't just mean like academic education or going on youtube or reading books and stuff i mean actually sitting around with your family and educating each other on these things because we're talking openly about food choices for me i won't eat red meat ever again because of the effect it has on my body and the effect it had on relatives as well and instead of just being an idiot about it oh yeah it's just so much easier to get a nine to nine p burger from mcdonald's Actually, I'm going to put years on my life if I look after myself, and that's really important to me. And sitting around the table with 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 family and talking talking about these things is really important. So I, I've made some I've made some food choices, and I'm very very open about the food choices I've made to the point that my kids, when they were younger, used to go, "Oh God, that's short, you're just boring us," you know, because we don't eat anything green, and it needs to be coming out of a packet, and it needs to be fried, as you say, Phil. It needs to be something which tastes nice. I think there's something about this education which is incredibly important because I think what's missing is the connectivity when we're eating. It's one of the things I've noticed. So quick story that I've been coaching somebody who's probably listening to this. He might be the other listener. Um, now we've expanded our reach. And he's a really good athlete. And I think we can go extreme in, in the way we do things. You know, I, I train for Ironman. I know lots of ultra runners. I know people who cycle for, you know, for Land's End and to, to John O'Groats to do things like this. And the, and something you said before, Dave, is like food is fuel. That's what it is. It's really important to fuel your body. So we get to a point where we become a little bit too religious on this. You know, get a bit too strict about the number of carbs, calories, protein percentages, etc. And what was missing in this coaching session is that that connection with with people when we're eating. So we kind of went back a little bit and spoke about you know what did you want to do before you did the current job that you're doing now. So really enjoyed the catering sector. We asked why. And it was just loving seeing people eating together. And that was what was missing out of this person's life and their relationship with their family. And it made me realize that's what was missing out of my life as well, because the times, some of the happiest memories I've ever had are sitting around a table eating a meal with family and friends. I can remember those. Like Phil, you were saying about, you know, with music, you know, you listen to a song, it takes you back to a certain place. I can eat a certain dish and go, I remember when we sat in Greece having this with, Yanis and his family, it was such a, such a magical time that we had this dish. You remember everything about it. It comes, completely comes back to life again. Or the first time he had a curry with my mates. I'm like, oh, my life's completely changed at the age of 17. Why did, well, I remember going home to my mum and dad saying, why didn't you tell me about Indian food? You, you're nasty parents. I can't believe you've just been feeding me all this shit for all my life. And you didn't tell me about Indian food or Chinese food. Why, why, why is that? Well, but it's a different point. point I'm making here is like, Food for me is not just about fuel. Fuel is, is, is crucially important. But we, when we eat, we, we sit opposite each other or alongside each other. We don't sit with our backs to each other. In fact, eating alone is one of the, one of the loneliest, wasted opportunities you can ever think about. It's super, super funny on that because we were having a conversation two or three weeks ago and we were talking. We were, it's like, look, I think it was Suzanne said, I think we might need to swap the dining room table and chairs. And I'm like, I'm like, why? And it's like, well, and to be fair, the chairs are getting a bit weathered now. They are a bit weathered. And I'm like, well, we can swap the chairs, but I'm not changing that table. Because one, it's a beautiful piece of wood and wood gets better with age. And I said, the conversations and, and the, you know, if that table could relay, speak out or broadcast everything that's happened around that. I said, that's staying, and that will stay till I die that. We are never, ever get. If it falls, <laughs> if anything happens to it, we'll get it fixed. But it's been such a focal point, it, well, a huge focal point, because you're exactly right. 
it's the time that you sit down and you and you know you get to and you ha- it's the food facilitates that downtime to talk and listen and you know don't get me wrong it's it's not it's not necessarily as always, always sat down as a family but the boys whenever they eat whether they're eating on their own or together they will go and sit at the table every single time they'll sit at the table and where myself and Suzanne as often as we can we will sit at the table and we'll, we'll gather everybody around the table because you're just in that it's like a bubble because you're sitting down and you're eating and you just start talking about stuff and it's quite subliminal you're not having to think it's it's a it's you're in a moment of flow. It affords you a moment of absolute flow to be in that moment and boom. And you can be talking about one thing one minute and you'll be like, oh, it's like, oh my God, how, how have we been talking about? How, how, how have we got to that? I totally, totally, totally agree. It's, and it's, it's, it's that mealtime or it's that time that, you know, it's the food that facilitates it, but then, then you're together and it, it it's that conversation, isn't it? So I totally agree with you, mate. I guess we're, we're we're far more more likely to want that ceremony of eating food together and sitting around the lovely table and and sharing the moment as well as the food when it is food that we've made. You know that the, the yeah. family has made or an Sunday dinner, for example, Phil. Sunday lunch, maybe. Sunday like dinner that. is absolutely it, isn't it? Yeah, we we're doing that this Sunday. We don't do it that often, but I, that that is absolutely it. We're all sat around the table, all three of us in our family, and two dogs sat at the bottom, looking for scraps, no doubt. But you know, we're not going to do that, and not we do, we we don't really do this. We have in the past for convenience, but. You wouldn't sort of microwave up free free ready meals and and, and sit around the table, would you? You did. It doesn't feel like you'd eat some watching experience. TV, mate. You'd eat some watching TV yeah, because the, and, on, and you would. Yeah, exactly. You would. Yeah, and that's it, isn't it? And, but again, oh, then you get into okay. What has society? Done? I'm ranting. I really am ranting now. What has society done to us where it wants to give us crap we can shove in the microwave so we can spend less time? together and more time watching the television you know because ultimately you know that's how ready meals were always pitched wasn't it in the early 80s when microwaves came out and it was it was a tv dinner a tv dinner (laughs) which which brand guru came up with that one that that then all of a sudden you know the sale of lap trays probably went through the roof and and the art of conversation went the other way it's again it's one of those things is it more convenient to slap something in the microwave and not talk to your spouse? Or is it more convenient to spend an hour or not even that, cooking together, making stuff together? So that's always been me and Sophie's time after a working day to chat, to catch up, share time, making food, you know. And, um, yeah, there's something very strange with society where the convenience of popping something in, in to ping it and you know then shuffle onto the sofa and uh, shove it in your mouth whilst you're watching coronation street watch or... more advertising about buying more shit food yeah well exactly buy more of this yeah exactly no couldn't agree more we need to get out of work, working in brand Mate, we need to get out of brand and sales really don't we we're in the we're, we we <laughs> really are i hope to god that no clients listen to this or anybody thinking <laughs> of working with us just goes what are we with these guys for? <laughs> They're against us. 
<laughs> I know. We'll take the money, but <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it is madness. We've we've you know we've sacrificed. No, no, we haven't. We but we we don't value spending time cooking in the same way. Or we've not done it. I mean, I do. As I say, my, my cooking for me is sort of therapy time. It's time to sort of switch off the thoughts of work that might be bubbling around. And it's in the moment. I, it will not surprise you guys and our listener that my kitchen is full of gadgets, right? No. I love it. So if I can combine technology and food, I'm a happy man. Heston, welcome Heston. No, How are no, you, mate? not so grand, but you know, it's like I love the ninja stuff. So again, if ninja or less, have you got what's it called, a sued vid? Have you got? I've got one of those in. For- <laughs> I've not got one of them. I, it, I have, I have sort. Of, that's the only sort of major bit of kit that I, I've not, I've not yet got. Bread maker, got ice cream maker, blender, that soup maker, blender, stroke ice cream maker. Oh my Absolutely. goodness me! So ninja, Breville, Russell Hobbs, if you're listening. Other, br- other oh, brands George are available. <laughs> Do you know what, though, boys? The, I love that. The irony of it all is is you eat shit, you, so you buy shit and eat shit, you feel shit, then you end up having to buy the medicines or, or consume the products to try and make it you feel better again, and then you just go back to the beginning, eat shit, feel... You're in... It's a circle. It's just that vicious yeah. circle. There's no Absolutely. prevention. It's not prevent... There's no, no prevention in it. I mean, we're going back to consumerism, aren't we, at the end of the day and, and going into, like, capitalism and all that lot. It's just, there are so many cycles, aren't there? But the cycles, there are also good cycles as well as bad cycles. What we just spoke about there is a bad cycle. What about if you ate well, trained well, chill well, slept well? Do, do you know what I mean? It's there. It's like anything that's out there. It's, it's always negatives, negative, negative, negative. Okay, we get that, that but what? Those are the negative cycles. What are the good ones? What can you do to create a good cycle that basically combats that, you know? And also, the thing is as well is a lot of the good cycles that you would be doing are far cheaper than the bad cycle. Totally, yeah. You know, totally, which yeah. means you're spending less money, which men maybe think, I have to work slightly less. And guess what you're getting if you do that? You get time. You get <laughs> time. time back to do shit, you know? Yeah. You know, I think it's it is massive, and it's like it's taking a step back when you are going to get that sort of easy ready meal. Not that I do that 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 often, but you are going to take a shortcut on something. You go, well, actually, it'll probably only take me half an hour to make something similar myself. You know, I just I think we're we're conditioned again just just for that convenience and. That ain't good. We can't escape it, can we? You know, so if you pick your phone up at tea time, there's going to be something popping up about Uber Eats or delivery. Oh, delivering. Somebody's going to ever. I mean, they're clever, aren't they? You know, they, you know, the yeah. artificial intelligence and the algorithms are coming out at a particular time, not just when people eat, but when they know you're hungry because it hears you talking. You know, that's proper scary. But you know, what should we eat? 20 minutes later, you've decided. Did somebody you say, to. what should we eat? Yeah. And then you've got, right, delivery time, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Brilliant. So you're looking at about, you're looking at about an hour then, aren't you? Well, you could have just gone into the kitchen and just rustled something up. Even if it was something simple, something really simple. I did, um, I took part in, you know, was it Black History 
month last sometime last year and i did a cook along with some colleagues and a lot of them were from africa and so we did this cook along and something i'd never heard of before was jollof rice and it, Places around the world have their own variations of rice, like you, you know, your pilau or your paella, yeah. uh, um, jollof, fried rice, sticky rice. Like I think it's North African, but I, I wouldn't want to quote it. So we did a cook along with with loads of different people, and I absolutely loved it. The fact that we were via technology, so it does actually work technology, like by you know educating us and sharing these ideas. We cooked along, probably twenty of us doing this this one dish, putting ingredients ready and cooked it together. Now that 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 food stays. As part of our routine now at home, I, I cook jollof rice regularly. But what it what it made me think is that it's actually really easy to cook, and most foods, like traditional foods, are almost like putting together waste. You know, so your fried rice or fried rice will be whatever's left from the previous meal, as you were saying, Dave. I'm going to stick. I'm, I'm going to fry it up with rice. It's just simple stuff. Ratatouille. We've got a load of veg left. Let's stick it in a pan and put some yeah, tomatoes nice. in it. You've got Lovely. yourself a meal. You know, it's really good stuff in it. Minestrone, which is like a, the Italian peasant, is, is the origin of a minestrone. And it's literally exactly. whatever seasonal veg is, is put together, a bit of pasta, slow-cooked, voila, lovely. There you go. Stews, soups, all these things. Things that people now are saying, you know, these are superfoods. You know, these are things that you really need to eat because they're full of nutrients. Go, duh, been doing this for <laughs> centuries. Why are we suddenly just re-educating ourselves? That Marketing, that we, mate. We it's a brand piece, that. It's a brand piece. <laughs> brand people. It it's is. a brand piece. It is. Food's one of the things that I have most arguments in our house about because can I tell you a story about my food choices? I don't, I don't want to labour this point too much. Five years ago, Brandon, my son at the time, challenged me to give up meat because I was the biggest carnivore pretty much you would ever know. You know, there was literally nobody at more meat than I was especially red meat absolutely loved it but i knew it was bad for me it was an addiction like any addiction anything which is like good in the short term but long term you know making that choice so it was lent and being a kind of semi-religious kind of household you know we, we observed lent what do you want to give up and i went i'll, I'll give up caffeine and he went, no no give up meat because you'll never do it it's a challenge so somebody challenges me i do it so five years later i'm still not eating meat because within a week we're talking about you know how your body reacts to certain things within a week i felt a thousand times better. IBS went, constipation went, I don't like talking about it. Honestly, and I felt so much lighter. Start Googling reasons why, you know, why, why is it, you know, what, what's, what's, what does red meat do to you? It's carcinogenic in, in, in the amounts that we actually eat it at the moment. Anyway, it really is poisonous to you. And this is why people around the world would only eat meat just infrequently, if you like. When there's a lack of other nutrients available, meat would complement it or supplement it, you know, just to, you know, because they were available on your farm, for example. So I've, I've, I've been looking into this a lot, and I won't go back to eating meat now because I don't like IBS, I don't like constipation. But the main reason why I looked at this is um, my, my dad had prostate cancer, and I, and I remember asking you know, various people, you know, what are the causes of prostate cancer? And obviously it just affects males more than most people. If you eliminate red meat out of your diet, you're pretty much reducing most of your opportunity to get prostate cancer. And I, I didn't want my children to, to have to go through what I went through when I saw my dad deteriorate. So food choices have been one of those things that I, I'm really keen about. What I don't like is the labelling of people when they make food choices. You know, So I went to an award ceremony in Rochdale, of all places, and we had this, um, you know, one of these where they, they bring out the chicken wrapped in bacon and then they'd be, they'd be like, steamed potatoes and other veggies and a sauce you know that you know the standard kind of an awards kind of thing. and i went I don't <laughs> yeah so and then the conversation went like 
are you a vegan? Well, well, I'm like, well, I tend not to eat animal products. And I sort of, so you're a vegan? I go, well, I'm just, I'm a human being like everybody else. I just don't eat animal products. You know, just stop, stop labeling me with all this shit. And then, then you've got like vegan, vegetarian. And you go, so are you vegetarian? Are you a pescatarian? Are you, are, are you a flexitarian? I'm like, I don't care what you call me, etarian. I just make food choices. And it, I think that's kind of the bad side to people who, who talk about, you know, I'm just making a food choice here. That's all it is. Anyway, the award ceremony was really cool because the, the chef got really excited and came out and personally and brought me this creation that he'd made because I was one of the only people there who they said I was vegan and I was not. So was it just the steamed potatoes? It was a potato <laughs> with a tomato. <laughs> um, you say potato, I say tomato. Hey, very good. Uh, Actually, it was, it, was, it was an absolutely incredible kind of creation. I don't even know what it was. And he came out and explained it. I'm like, I have no idea what it was. Gorgeous. And I got you know, personal service. I suppose the point I'm making is that there's no like Etarians about this. I've, I've studied people around the world, why they live longer, particularly the blue zones I've mentioned before. And the reasons why people live longer isn't just because of the food choices they make, it's because they eat together in communities, they work together in communities, they farm their own food, they eat food locally. But when they're eating it, they're coming together and eating it together as well. So they're happier, they're more connected, um, they're conscious about what they're eating, they're conscious about how they eat and where they eat and what time they eat. And they're and the word you used before, Phil, is like ceremony. I think that's, that's a brilliant word to use because it is, it's almost ceremonious, isn't it? To celebrate the time together, to eat, you know, really high quality food you're putting into your body. And for me, it's just, it is the most important thing we do with our families to sit down and eat a meal together, listen to each other and, and share stories. Dave, what are your takeaways? You see what I did there, takeaway. <laughs> Chinese and Indian. No, my special, special mix kebab, no salad, no sauce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got a story about kebabs. Can I, can I tell on. you a story about kebabs before you move into takeaways? Oh, mate. Is Biggest, it, is, okay. Go on. All right, okay. Right, so Brandon's almost 22, and when he was born, he was our first one. Nikki and Brandon were in hospital overnight, and I'm like, I'm going celebrating. So instead of getting like a, a bottle of something alcoholic, um, I got a kebab. And I got the biggest kebab I can get my hands on from Nosh at Enderwood. Um, and they do Nosh. the biggest kebabs. It's called Nosh New, New, uh, New World Cuisine. Massive. New anyway, World Cuisine. Me... Yeah, <laughs> seriously. A donkey, a donkey Welcome kebab. Welcome to Nosh. New, I'm telling you, Nosh. <laughs> purveyors New, of... Uh, purveyors of New World <laughs> Cuisines. <laughs> when you come round, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you experience Nosh. <laughs> um, I, I said, I said, Nosh. Is there a sunbed shop next door called Tantastic? <laughs> no, but it's a great idea. There's going to be loads of names like, you know, takeaways called the Codfather. Yeah. There is. There is. There, there will be a chippy. 100% will be a chippy. So there's Sam and Ella's. Have you heard of that one? Oh, my God. Chinese Nero's. Honestly, I'm not kidding you. Chinese Nero's called Manfat. I'm not, honestly, I'm not making this up. Uh, they really need branding intervention, don't they? Like, no. You really don't want to call your chippy man fat. <laughs> <laughs> There's loads of them. There's loads of them. I love, I love branding. Oh. Anyway, so give us the biggest kebab you've got, and, it, and it's, the, it's the Nosh Giant Feast. <laughs> There's so, so many superlatives going on here. Nosh Giant Feast. And it, um, and it weighs £7.4. Right? It weighed £7.4. You know those... You know those um, Donner sticks you get, you know, those yeah. Donner yeah, kebabs. one of them. Isn't that the weight of a small, a new, a newborn baby? <laughs> well, you know the punchline now, don't you? So I weighed it, 
Oh, it God. came in at £7.4. When Brandon came home 24 hours later, he weighed £7.4. I'd consumed the weight <laughs> of my newly born child in kebab. Oh, I was such a carnivore. <laughs> and I was proud about it. It's, it's something that a lot of guys I know, particularly rugby players, have this like, thing it's about. The, it's man, it. man versus Biggest food, steak. isn't it? It is. And it, what yeah. an incredible programme that was. I loved it, I'll be honest with you. We've all done a food challenge like the hottest chicken wings you can get your hands on or the biggest steak you can Chillies, eat or isn't it? whatever Chillies. challenge. And it's guys who brag about this. Yeah, I've just clubbed my arteries up. I've just taken 10 years off my life by eating <laughs> like 20,000 calories and, and four kilos of fat. Anyway, so that was my story about food. I don't do that kind of stuff. I just eat everything that's in the fridge doesn't include animals. Thanks for listening. So um, if I, I think if I went back to eating meat, that would be... A mistake. Oh, you've skewered us with that one. Nice one. Holy shit. Look at them tumbleweeds, boys. Look at them tumbleweeds. Have you played that um, that roulette game with me? No. No? Not done it? Like, you're, so you, you spin a Wing wheel. Wing roulette. You know, you know, meat roulette. So you spin a wheel and it stops on a particular meat. I'd play it, but you've, it costs a lot of money to start with. So I think the stakes are too high. Oh my god. We're done. We're done, boys. We're done. We're done. They're getting worse. Thanks. They're getting worse. Take take it as positive feedback. So takeaways then, King Cod. Takeaways. Yeah, special mix squad, no salad, no sauce. It's a, it's, do you know what? It's 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 a tricky one, boys, isn't it? Because it's it's quite a personal thing, isn't it, when it when it comes down to food. But I think one of the things that's come out of it is in order, if you do want to eat better or you do want to, you need the time. You need the time, don't you? You need to make that time to make, to go and get those ingredients or you need to make the time to basically, you know, to cook it. The choices that we've made or that one of the reasons why we've made changes is is our age, you know? And we've made those choices over the, probably over the last five to 10 years because we want to we want to feel better and we want the next x amount of years to 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 be better so that's why we made the choices some people won't i remember having a conversation with a doctor and the doctor said uh, you know the doctor said look you can have the healthiest person ever and a person that's lived an extremely unhealthy life and the the person that's lived the most extremely unhealthy life might outlive the person that's lived the most healthy life you know it, it's you you, do, you just don't know what's going to happen but what you can do is based on the information you've got is do what you think's right for you to to prolong it you know i mean my i do it like i said i do it for two reasons one i don't want to feel like crap i want to feel good you know that's a big part of it and two because of training you know when i go to training i want to be able to do what i do to the best i possibly can and push myself and that's that's before actually doing it, and then the recovery afterwards as well. And I also think that when you start to see, when you start to feel better and, and see significant changes, then you're like, right, I'm in here now, because you can see that's progress. You can see it, can't you? And I think, and if you feel good, it's about feeling good, guys. You know, but some people might turn around and say, oh, 20 pints Stella make me feel good. If that works for them, that's works for them. Granted, I still like a can of Stella, guys. I still love a can of Stella. I just can't do what I used to do. But again, it's an age thing. For me, I think we touched on education there, Andy. And there's a whole thing in that as well, isn't there? It's about like making sure the next generation are more aware 
than perhaps we were earlier in our lives of the impact of some of the things that we put in our body, the lengths to which we are marketed to, the lengths to which convenience is sold to us on a plate, see what I did there, but actually how easy it is to make great food and how it can be a social thing and how you have control over what you're putting in your body by spending half an hour to do it yourself. So for me, doing it with my, my daughter, making her interested in making food and being part of that process is, is, is my mission. You know what, Phil? I think that's a re- I think about a lot of things we talk about. Education comes up every time. It's come up about what we're talking about now. It come up when when Nick was on the when Nick was on the pod talking about money. We touched upon it last week with Bo about how can we inform the younger generation and our children to know what we know now, so they don't have to go through all of that. So they're five, ten, fifteen years ahead of us. Education. We 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 need to do a we should do a pod on education because I think it'd be a really, really good one, you know, where we start to think about traditional types of education around maths and English. What about just stuff about general life, you know, that touches upon finance and things like that? Yeah. Cooking used to be, home economics used to be a thing which was compulsory. It did. In, it did. In, um, it did. Secondary school, wasn't it? But now it's not because you, you don't get results to get into university to do that. Or time. They don't put the time to it, you know. They won't put the time to yeah. it. Good point. Yeah, let's let's do that in a future pod. Knife one. I think we've served up a really good pod there. Um oh. I think it might be time to cut to oh the chair. Oh my god. Um I'm actually boring myself now. I'm annoying myself with it. I can't help it. It is it is Well, that's not a bad thing. And you're gonna have to hurry up here because with our new morning format, oh, yeah. um Next up is Homes Under the Hammer, so they'll be wanting to get into No, it's Lorraine. Isn't Lorraine on next? Lorraine. Lorraine's on next. <laughs> Lorraine's speaking to some bloke. She's going live to some bloke that's locked himself in the, locked himself in the greenhouse and his tap's bust, so it's filling up with water and he might drown <laughs> within the next 10 minutes. <laughs> if we're lucky. If we get him on camera. I'd actually watch camera. that. I'd actually watch that. <laughs> Very good. Well, enjoy the rest of your Friday, guys. Oh, Just trying to be a fun guy, obviously. Um, Stop it, you're mashing with my head. Mash. Scrambled yours as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's weather like? Is it boiling? Guys, I'm going to I'm gonna lead us joke. out. I'm going to do you both a favour and lead us out. I'm going to lead us out. I'm gonna, I'm please, gonna, please. I'm going to cut you off and finish it by saying, thanks for listening. <laughs> if you like what you hear, give us a like, a share, give us a subscribe. And if you fancy getting in contact and getting involved, drop us an email at talkingcod.com. And a five-star review on TripAdvisor for our, our services. It would be great. We're not on TripAdvisor. That's what takeaways have us. You know, yes, for takeaways in restaurants. I don't Never know. <laughs> Thanks for listening, listener. In uh, 25 different countries, I believe, Phil. Yeah, the States one, the American one. Holy smoke, man. What's that? 25 different states in America? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Check it out. We're super global. Super global. It's the sales rep in the States for DHL. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's Nick Thompson. He, he, he listens in every country he visits. Yeah. Cheers, Nick. Always a pleasure. Enjoy your weekend, guys. Bye. <laughs> Cheers. I'm hungry now. Bye. <laughs>
Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed us talking COD, please give us a rating, leave us a review in your podcast app, and subscribe now. Quick shout out to the guys at DapDip Productions, the folks pushing the buttons behind the scenes. Check them out at dapdip.co.uk. And thanks to Rubber Bear for our theme tune, Elements. Find the band on Spotify and SoundCloud. We'll see you next time for more Talking Code.